This is the Things We Do podcast, a podcast about film life, television, culture, mental health, and all of that fun, jazzy stuff. Today, I've got my special guest and friend, Freya Moore. Hello. 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 How are you? Yeah, not bad. <laughs> you know. Just just living, the, living life. Oh, yeah. Every uh, day. <laughs> Um, so Freya, for the people of the internet, the wonderful people, of, mm. you know, not just friends and family, people who don't know you, yeah. to, uh, to tell everyone on the internet who you are and what you do. I am an actor and performer and I don't want to say artist because that's kind of cringy. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I sing, I act, I don't dance. I love to be on stage um and I just finished studying acting at NIDA um so obviously I work in retail (laughs) um you're selling the highest really yeah it's really great no I've been busy it's good um but yeah I'd say I'm primarily an actor yeah you've you're kind of a little bit of an entrepreneur though Oh, like in some ways, have you seen your like your your profiles? And you're like, oh, from an outwards perspective, yeah, I guess. Um, do you, do you see? I guess the, the that you sort of perceive you like as an outward perspective that people can consider you were quite a serious kind of actor, kind of person and a performer and stuff, or is it kind of still a bit all new? I think. I mean, I've been doing it for a while. Mm. I wouldn't say I've been doing it professionally for a while. I wouldn't say that I was professional until I got my qualification. Yeah. And I think that's a fair statement. Um, but I've just been, like, doing it since – and I'm I'm still young. And you kind of – you need to have an amount of maturity mm. and professionalism to – work in this kind of industry when you are young otherwise you will get stomped on and eaten yes yeah have you have you sort of felt that already like in just in the last few years of doing stuff felt what specifically yeah like (laughs) the feeling of being stomped on or i mean sometimes um but like every experience you kind of learn from and you know, you, you figure out ways that maybe you could have handled things better or you mm. start to recognize where people treat people differently and where a work relationship changes and evolves. Yeah, because yeah, I guess that must be in the sort of back corner of your mind constantly to be like, okay, this has to be a work relationship and this can't be like anything more. Like are you constantly very vigilant of you know, that whole separation of work and and life outside? I mean, I I think it's hard because it I tend to I mean, I think most people do tend to get quite close with castmates and stuff because mm. you spend so much time together and what you're doing is generally speaking very vulnerable. Um and, you know, obviously just in life you get along with some people more than others. Mm. Um, but I think it's more so, you know, like putting your foot down when you are not happy with something and just kind mm. of like being like, I don't, I know we're friends, um, but 
like we still need to be professional and that means speaking to people in a certain way and not kind of expecting things of others and yeah i don't know if that makes sense that does make sense i mean you we walk a fine line with this industry in particular because it is very easy to make friends but it's also very easy to make enemies oh yeah yes (laughs) i mean like um it's very much wax and wane i mean have you sort of encountered that you know where people have kind of come into your life and then you know or you know performance wise gone and said horrible things about you or anything like that that sort of spoiled an experience for you um to art i haven't really this sounds so up myself (laughs) i've never really experienced criticism um no i to, to be honest like genuinely i haven't really had that much experience of you know, hearing about, like, things that are said about me um, or, like, hearing about those things. It's probably because they've never just got back to me. <laughs> um, but I definitely have had experiences that I'm like, okay, I'm glad it's over. Yeah. Like, I'm glad it happened because I learned from it. But, you mm. know, it's not necessarily um, an environment that I want to hang on to. Yeah. And I can be content with that. And then there's others that I just like feel almost like homesick about that. I'm like, I just wish I was like back in the green room with that cast and we were doing the show again. Um, And it's like people that like you will stay in contact with and I'll like go and get brunch with and all that kind of stuff. It's very wholesome. Yeah. I mean, do you like find that experience like how do you know when something is like not right for you how do you sort of judge it for your own I guess self experience and self-worth I think it's just if you're not if you're not learning from it then it's not helpful like if you (laughs) if you feel like you're the smartest person in the room what are you getting from that yeah I mean Uh, if you're not helping someone or someone's not helping you there's got to be Kind of like a mid-ground to everything. Yeah, like I've just, you know, I've had some where it's, I feel like it maybe wasn't a level of professionalism that I expected or mm. wanted, I guess. Um, and I've had others that it was just like weird kind of dynamics, like I guess the, the group of people that were together, not everyone got along in a way that maybe was expected. Mm. And it was just, like, not as fun. (laughs) I mean, yeah, simply. Like, I don't know how else to kind of describe it. Like, it wasn't, like, awful. But I'd find myself going home and, like, you know, talking to my housemate and just complaining about things. and, And it was, like, so like you know you know it's like just annoying when the tiniest little things get to you yeah and it's like oh we're at that point that it's like you can't say anything without me like rolling my eyes <laughs> oh my god how many times has that happened oh uh, to be honest not that many times <laughs> but it's just like i think that's more memorable like yeah when i look back on like the show i don't think about oh there was that one good time yeah 
I mean, like, have you have you been through it? I, every night? Have you sat in a show and been like, "Oh my god, I can't wait for the end of this like run." There was one where, like, <laughs> I mean, no. To be honest, no. Well, actually, yes. <laughs> there was one that I was like, I just wanted to be before we'd even started performing. I was like, yeah, "Get me out." Um, but it was just like, just there were so many things wrong with it. Um, but there was another that, like, you know, it was a really good role for me. Mm. It was like a great challenge. It was the most responsibility I'd ever had in a show. Um, kind of like character wise, like yeah, main character kind of does not leave the stage, speaks a lot. Um, <laughs> and it was just kind of you know some scenes I'd be so relieved to be at the end of every night because um, mm. it was just like a weird had experience and then you know you'd get into interval and no one would talk to each other and i'm like what is happening guys yeah. come on oh my god have you like because i mean that those kind of situations tend to you can tell when you watch a performance as well when someone doesn't want to be there yeah um and i i mean like you know, everyone has their own sort of experience of, you know, you can be on the best set ever and someone will still, like, find something uh, that they might have an issue with. But, I mean, I've I've never quite <laughs> been in an entire... I think I've only ever had one experience similar to you where I've, I've literally been, like, from start to finish, I literally hated every element. I can only think of one that's like that extreme, mm. but there's been others that it's like, oh, it's not the end of the world that we're finished. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've had a lot. I mean, like you know, whether whether it's sort of like projects I've worked alongside of my own, I've definitely had, and especially, I I talk about experience a lot on on this, but experience is one of those things that you learn off others, and mm. then you learn off yourself, and you sort of, I feel. I don't, and I don't know if you agree with this, but you sort of feel like you you have a, grand, a bunch of people that you learn together with, and then you have a bunch of people that you learn off, and then you kind of have a bunch of people that you also teach. Like, but they're all different ages. They're not necessarily like age is such a immaterial when it comes to our industry. Of like, you know, um, I, you might know something that I don't know, or you might have an experience that I haven't had, so therefore you can teach me, or vice versa. But then when people kind of older than us go, oh, I've been in the industry for 20, 30 years and I know all the crap that is. Do you find that more annoying <laughs> as, as a, you know, a person coming into it? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yes and no. I think I don't mind it if it's backed. Yes. So it needs evidence. It, yeah, it just, well, it's kind of like, you know, I've been in a show where there was someone who was, like, much older than me and then just comes in and is talking about, oh, I worked at, like, these places and blah, 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 and just, like, dropping names and then was the most unprofessional person I've ever worked with. Mm. And I was like, are you just, like, lying or, like, what's happening? I'm like, don't, don't, like, are you lying to yourself? Yeah. Are you trying to fit in <laughs> i like i was just so confused and i was like it annoyed me even more because i was like why try and be different why yeah. why not just be open to learn from people who uh, have more experience than you 
whoever they are. Mm. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. And I think it comes back to the thing of like, you're constantly learning, you're always learning and people always challenge each other. And I mean, like it goes down to collaboration and who you work best with as well, because I've worked with people that I do not work well with. And that is my least favorite thing to do, especially as like a creative and going, hmm, what do you do with like people who don't, and I don't want to say gel, like you can work with people who don't necessarily have the same idea, but I'm talking about people who literally just go, your idea sucks (laughs) and and still kind of like, and then tell you constantly. I've worked with those kind of people. Yeah. Um, I've never had someone outright say your idea sucks. It's way more passive aggressive than that. Um, It's so, yeah. I find it hard because I think it also comes from like, this is going to sound strange, but like being a woman and just kind yeah. of, you know, when you're assertive, you're bossy and yes, that kind of stuff. And I just put up with stuff for so long and then my outlet is, you know, talking to people who are not involved, who <laughs> doesn't matter, and I can just like whine all I yeah. want and release it that way and then just put up with it in rehearsals or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then it kind of like in a show I did recently, it got to a point where I was like, I actually can't anymore because it was so hypocritical. Like I would ask for like one kind of like not even adjustment or just kind of like, can you be aware of that yeah. you're doing this or um like blah blah because it re- really helped me out. And then they would just like pick on the most minuscule things that I was doing. Um as kind of a comeback. Huh. And I'm like, or or every time the director was like about to give them a note, they'd say like before, whether or not it was a good note or a bad note, they'd be like, oh, I only did that because so-and-so did this. And I'm like, hmm, hmm, what an interesting kind of. Yeah. Just like nothing's their fault. And then I kind of like just very calmly did not (laughs) – like I was very cautious of, you know, not swearing, not raising my voice, Mm. just kind of like being like this is how I feel. Does that make sense? If it doesn't, I'll rephrase it. Like I just want to let you know. Mm. And then, yeah, I kind of just got told that, you know, oh, you made everyone uncomfortable and like – um, you sh- really shouldn't have said anything and like blah, blah, blah. And so, yeah, I just end up like and ended back up in back up, ended back in square one. Yeah. Where I was like, yeah, whatever, do whatever. I'll just deal with it, I guess. Oh, my God. Oh, my. It's, <laughs> see, the, the, I, I like, I mean, look, I walk the earth in a very completely different light. But I, I do find that incredibly frustrating because it's like, you know, w- w- like, I, and I'll say it straight, like, like, fuck you kind of situation. Like, what do you, I mean, how did you, how do you deal with, like, do you just internally go home and then just rage? I do. I just <laughs> bitched my housemate. I mean, like, fair, because, I mean, and and I like what you said about, like, you know, the perspective of 
being a woman because that is very true especially as a young woman like and i feel it's frustrating because looking at you and the and the reason as a performer and stuff that i was you know i reached out to you originally was because you had a particular look that i was after but also because you had talent and i think that talent and an assertive behavior is absolutely fine. Like you can be assertive as you want. Cause I, I, you know, grew up with a very, you know, amazing mother and everything. And I had a lot of female friends growing up, but I do find, I agree with you when men are presented with assertive women, they go, Oh no. Oh yeah. How dare you have an opinion? It's like, well, why the fuck not? Like it's the best thing in the world. And, and <laughs> sorry, it's just, I'm glad you're swearing. Cause I was really, oh, there no, were many so- times where I was struggling to Don't, find no, other no, words. No, you're always allowed to swear on this. Please, okay. please go <laughs> wild. I should have stayed at that at the beginning. Please fucking swear. Okay. <laughs> I'll try. Okay. But I mean, like, do you, do you walk? I mean, you must constantly walk that line, especially, you know, cause do you find that people kind of cast you for your looks mostly, or do you find it's more about your talent that, you know, that you hope that people cast you as. God, I have no idea. <laughs> I think it wasn't something that really occurred to me until until I started doing screen. Mm. Um, when you know, on stage, you can get away with a thirty-five-year-old playing a fourteen-year-old. You yes. can get away with that. They're far away. <laughs> How can they know better? Um, on screen. You kind of have to sit more into an archetype and, you know, be conscious of what people are going to assume about you Mm. when they look at you for the first time. And that was something I tried to think about a lot, um, but then, you know, haven't really necessarily explored that much mm. just because i've been doing a lot of theater this year where it really you know didn't matter as much um and so in that way i hope that it was because of talent because yeah. at the end of the day i don't think it would have mattered what the character looked like no um in those shows could have been literally anyone <laughs> maybe like the only thing would be like age range yeah um yeah but then yeah on screen it's kind of a different story which is interesting (laughs) and not something i've had as much experience in are you sort of looking forward to it though i don't know (laughs) i it's harder because i think i in a way it it kind of makes it easier to deal with rejection because you can Mm. just tell yourself that you know maybe they just wanted a blonde girl which is fine. And then you can be like, well, I'm just not blonde. That's easy. On screen. Not yeah, on stage. I mean, on stage, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is weird. But I, I don't know. I really... It's it's a hard kind of superficial yeah. industry. It really is. And I think when I sort of always like started out, and especially when I was younger... Um, I make it sound like I'm so old. Someone said I was old the other day and I was like, oh, fuck. Um, But I mean, like when I started out, I was definitely looking at everything, you know, going, oh, what's appealing, what's not appealing. And I think I got to this stage 
And it only happened probably in like 2017, 2018, where I got very fed up with everyone having this bleak, sort of very limited view of the industry. Like it was like you are predominantly just white, blonde women in front of camera. And I, and I was like, also no one was given a chance to actually act. Like mm. no one was given, you know, a lot of my friends wanted villain roles. A lot of my friends wanted, you know, out of the box kind of roles where they were just like weird characters that, you know, weren't normal, just girl next door kind of thing. And I think I just started having this sort of a perspective of like shifting it going that way but I mean like that still feels like you know it happens more and more but I feel like when people cast women in certain roles they're still trying to be like sexy or just glamorous like do you still kind of feel like people are trying to put you into the like that box um yes and no I think there's like the it's almost like it with any kind of not like gore like horror mm. but like you know some like maybe like thriller and stuff it's like the siren effect that yeah um yeah i don't know i think it's now i'm like just forgetting what the question was <laughs> about i had an answer about the um no it's gone oh no i know there's something about girl next door. Yeah, girl next door and the and the like archetypal roles and everyone wanting to play quirky quirky characters. Let me see if I can jog your memory. Because uh, <laughs> I said yes and no, and then I answered yes. And what was the no? <laughs> no? What was my no argument? Cause you mentioned the siren effect. Mm. That's the yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was the no? No idea. Something about glamorous. I have no idea. Interesting. <laughs> I've absolutely not a clue. Because, I mean, like, the only way it springs to mind is, like, with with the siren effect as well, I feel like... That is a, you know, because there's something also that, you know, like Helen Mirren recently appeared in a film, which was about a woman who was going like uh, her partner, I think had died. And she was like having this thing with a, a sex worker. And it was just, I can't, I can't remember the life of me of the name of the film, but it's one of those things that you kind of like projectively in the future see, like, I remember, um, Watching, uh, no, it wasn't Helen Mirren. Sorry, Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson's who I'm thinking of. Different, different. <laughs> anyway, the point, the point being, God, my brain is just like just trying to remember what your no answer is. <laughs> um, but I mean, like the the interesting thing was, I feel like that film shows you know natural of women aging as well, and and you know, I think that that is something that our industry is seemingly lacks that once you get a certain age you kind of get shuffled out um as a woman as well is that something that you kind of fear i have heard from multiple sources that the best roles for women are in your 40s really yeah yeah which is super weird (laughs) and it's also like not my niche. My niche is high school drama, I think. <laughs> um, but 
you know, like I've got a friend who is 19 mm-hmm. and she, I think she's going to be really successful in like 20 years. Wow. Because she just hasn't like aged into her personality. Right. And I'm like, you're so good as a mum. <laughs> like um but that's where you get like all your drama like you've got like big little lies mm. um and others um <laughs> what else the is it? there's uh. like good stuff um uh the yellow jacket yes oh my god can i just say that show mm. Mm. love it so much and second season Kind of, I think, this year or next year. One of the two. <laughs> but I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited for that show. But, yeah, like, so that's think, something. Yeah, we're starting to see a lot more dramas being. I, I think it's just because it's being written by that demographic. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, because it was sheltered for so long. And, you know, you'd have the stories about men in that age bracket but all of the women would be in their 20s. Yeah. So it's like, what's the point? I mean, it's also, yeah, it's kind of weird because I look at, like, re- reality with, like, Leonardo DiCaprio dating people and in his, like, he's in his 40s and he's dating people in his their 20s, or I think he's 50 now. And it's still very unnerving. And it was kind of like, I, I remember reading all of Twitter recently with House of Dragon, um, Game of Thrones, and... Matt Smith, um, you know, making out with 22-year-old, um, I can't remember her name. Millie Elcott. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that was so bizarre. Like, and even watching that, I look at her and I'm like, that is a child. Mm. That to me is a little bit, like, I get that, you know, she's 22, but still a little weird. I, in a show, I don't, the last show I did, um, I was, my character was six years older than me. And then the other guy, um, he was five years older than his character, right? The characters are already three years apart, which meant there was now 14 years <laughs> oh. age gap. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Wild. Do, I mean, like, does that make you uncomfortable as a performer or, like, Only in hindsight. I think it's just a kind of, you know, it's a job. You got to do the job. I mean, I could argue, but would you ever, like, you know, I guess, because the the thing is, like, you know, with shows like Game of Thrones, there there is a lot of sex scenes. And I remember reading the article with Patty Constantine, um, you know, and there was an intimacy coordinator with his love interest who is like 19 and he's 48 and she was just like worried concerned when going in and apparently like all the situation was fine like it was very consensual and everything and you know they had an intimacy coordinator but still i would have sat there as like an actor as a director on set just being like huh this Mm. still kind of makes me feel weird yeah we had a coordinator intimacy coordinator um, but it just, yeah, I had a lot of anxiety about it. Mm. Um, but like kind of more just, you know, stuff that I know I have to work on and like 
where I know my boundaries are and stuff like yeah. that. Um, but I think it's it's interesting because you're playing characters who have different values to you mm. and who have different emotional and um what's it oh i was gonna say emotional and intelligence intelligence (laughs) um emotional and rational intelligence yes like you just your character craves completely different things to you yeah and so in that sense like i mean once you're actually doing it and you're performing it and you're in the scene it's fine because it's just where the scene is going and it's you know it's rehearsed and it's safe Mm. and it's all that kind of stuff but it's just like you really can't dwell too much on it because then you'll get in your head and then you'll get anxious and then you'll be looking back like what the fuck actually just happened yeah i mean like and i feel like it's always a learning like constant learning experience with those kind of things as well um i like it that you mentioned boundaries because i do love it when people kind of mention boundaries it's like my favorite thing and consent has been like massively pushed in the last year where it's like check with your fellow actors what are they comfortable with i've been rehearsing a show that goes up next week and um my favorite thing is how normalized um, boundaries and stuff is like mm. every morning we check in. How are you feeling emotionally? Scale of one to ten. How are you feeling physically? Scale of one to ten. Are there any injuries? Um, and then we do like a green light system. So it's kind of like, you know, green, yellow, red. Mm. Um, green is like you don't have to ask if you're gonna touch me. Um, it's fine. Yellow is ask, but it's probably fine. And then red is no. And it's so easy and normalized and no one has to feel like remotely embarrassed or uncomfortable if, you know, maybe they are red or yellow. Mm. And it's just like everyone now in the room now knows, okay, now like I'll just ask and that person, you know, maybe they're feeling a bit off today that I'll be careful with them. Mm. And it's so easy. It's so easy. And it makes... It's so much more comfortable for everyone and safe. And it just, I'm very glad that it's starting to be normalized. I love that. That's like, that's the best. I didn't even know that was a thing, like that green, yellow, red system. I'm going to steal that Mm. (laughs) because that is so, like, because, yeah, going to set, I mean, that's, you know, is one of my concerns, though, whenever you deal with, like, you know, even even these days, you know, when when you're sort of performing with anyone, I feel like even if there are intimate moments, I feel like that's a good way to check in. Um, do you feel like... Here's my question, though. Do you feel like people should do that in day-to-day life and just check in and, you know, because I feel like we get a lot of unwarranted touching or, you know, unlo- you know even like a tap on the shoulder some days, I'm like, mm, I don't want people to, like, touch me on the shoulder or, you know hug me or anything like that there's definitely do- days where i'm like no nope, don't touch me but i don't know how to vocalize that in a day-to-day situation unless it's like i guess in that artistic zone like do you think we should normalize it into society as well yeah that's hard i think it's this is almost like the argument with consent and people are like mm. oh no it makes it so awkward 
Um, but I think there's kind of um, an aspect of like admiration, you know, when people do feel comfortable to express themselves. And mm. it's like, well, if someone is like, oh, hey, I just feel a bit off today. Like, I don't really like want anyone to touch me or anything. Who's going to be like, mm, no, I don't. I don't accept that. Mm. It's going to be like, oh, okay. Like, thanks for feeling comfortable to tell me and yeah. like, know that it's going to be okay. Um, I find it like a hard place to talk from, though, because I don't often feel red. I'm most mostly green. And I think maybe <laughs> this is just like a love language thing. I'm like, yes, please. Um, yeah, which is like interesting, but I totally like understand where it's coming from. Yeah. I mean, I, especially as a director, as a performer, I always constantly check in. And I've definitely had people much more comfortable with certain situations than like per se others, especially when, it, you know, whether it's a, you know, kissing someone or something, it's always good to just like, or, you know, anything. I re really like even snuggling. It's like, it sounds so bizarre that you're like, oh, no, you two lie next to each other. There's no like intimacy. But in that lying next to each other, personal space. It's personal space. It's like such a minute thing. But in the context of everyone's like safety and, and comfort levels, that is also a massive thing. And I feel like that's only kind of like jogged for me in the last year. Because, um, I mean, realistically in low or independent budget shoots intimacy coordinators we're very few and far between until probably what this year and or last year like it was just really quite recent i remember when i started there was no such thing you just checked in with the actors and said hey you okay to do this and you okay cool where you know i trust you too to do it and um and like that was kind of the level of knowledge that everyone had now it's just have a third person on there to kind of make sure everyone's okay. I don't think I could have done the last show without a coordinator. Mm -hmm. I think I'm, I'm just so like out of my depth with the experience. And I was like, I just don't even know mm. where to begin or like how anyone's feeling or what the director wants. It makes it so much easier for the director to talk to the intimacy coordinator and be like this is the mood that i want and then they're like great here's your blocking good luck yeah so they then go and do it and it's kind of like a mini director isn't it to kind of yeah. go and talk to you to you guys it's and like, like a choreographer yeah god there's so many more little intricacy <laughs> intricacy roles now which is you know expanding the industry because yeah I, it's kind of nuts um i mean I want to kind of swing us back, though, to you as an actor and you, young Freya, back in the day. Um, <laughs> when did this whole journey begin for you? Oh, God. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Genuinely. Like, I don't have, like, a pinboy moment or anything. Um, I know when I was in my first play, I was seven or eight um and i'm like well it must have been before that um <laughs> i did dance oh no that was my first play so i was in year two mm. and i started doing dance in year two 
And obviously it was some reason why I wanted to do that. Look, I genuinely (laughs) have no idea. It's so intrinsic for me. Mm. And I just like year 12 had no backup plan. Everyone was like, you're not going to get into drama school straight out of high school. And I was like, okay, yeah, I know. Like, but I'm going to try. Yeah. And then I did. And then I was like, oh, this is great. Um, now I just don't need a backup plan. <laughs> um, but I'm I haven't got bored of it yet. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's been like at least twelve years. It's a wow. fun time. That's insane. I mean, like, do you? Because yeah, I I remember you know like you mentioning that your your parents were oh god not my dad no no <laughs> not even creatively talented at all no not, <laughs> not in the slightest my mom's an actor yeah she um she went to drama school in the 90s with Joel Edgerton wow yeah i know that's like one claim to fame yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, and I was kind of always around it. Like, she would do plays and mm. there's, like, videos of me rehearsing lines with her in accents. Wow. When I was, like, six or something like that. Um, That's so, kinda... yeah, I was very much around it. Yeah. Um, And my parents very much tried to make sure I became an engineer. <laughs> Why? Oh, because they make money, apparently. Oh. Mm. Do you have any interest in engineering? No. no. That fast? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's a very specific career. Well, your- it was, I was always told there are so many different types of engineers. Yes. You can be an engineer of anything, is what I was told. I have no idea what engineers do, still. I've been told this lie. For 15 years, I've been told I can become an engineer in anything. And I don't know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, the, the, yeah, I mean, like, the technical description is, I guess, fixers of things and builders. Like, it's pretty vague. I know. I think. <laughs> it's like, what, what exactly do you scope out? Because, I mean, like, there's building engineers and there's tech engineers and there's like. I was told you can become a hairdressing engineer. What's that do? I don't know. A hairdresser, <laughs> I think. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, apparently, you can make money as a hairdresser engineer, can you? Yeah. So, um, was it more enforced by your dad or your mom? Both. Wow. I think it because it was kind of like my mom never really had like a big break or anything. Yeah. And, um, I think she just knows firsthand how rough the industry is. Mm. And it's like, please don't do that. Yet you, here you are. Yeah, well, I'm very it's, stubborn. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a, that's not a bad trait. But I mean, like, you know, do you then kind of just would you now even consider having a backup plan? If or, or you kind of with acting, hoping for a big break or not, and just going where it takes oh, you. Who doesn't? Who who's an actor seen over like ah. Oh. I really like just, like, not doing any big projects. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for you to be just not yeah. snatched up. I just, you know what? Don't cast me. <laughs> um, no, I, I 
don't there's still like this is my the problem I had in year twelve that I was like I would look through the like UAC booklet mm. and there was not one single course that I wanted to do. Um and like I still like enjoy other things, like mainly just from like doing subjects in year twelve. But mm. like a few weeks ago, one of my friends was studying at UNSW and he was doing um uh he was majoring in English because wow. he quote wanted to be more literary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um anyway, he sent me his essay. He was like, can you just read over it, make sure it makes sense? And I was like, this is the worst sentence structure I've ever seen in my life. Can I rewrite it for you? And I spent like an hour rewriting his essay. I don't, I hadn't read the books. I didn't know what the essay question was. Mm. Um, I just did four unit English in year 12 and was like, I kind of miss writing essays because like I don't, I'm not being forced to. Mm. And I rewrote his essay and it was super fun and then he told me he couldn't use it because his teacher would think he plagiarized and i was like you didn't plagiarize like i haven't even read the book (laughs) and he was like yeah but like she's also read my other writing like she knows i didn't write this and i was like fair enough so she's (laughs) (laughs) wow um so yeah i'm like i kind of miss writing essays i would be like a ghost writer for other people's like Oh, I think that's actually illegal. I think that is plagiarism. Yes, now, that is. If I just write other people's essays. Yes, hundred percent. Because for fun, <laughs> you could get into a lot of lot of trouble if you did that. Yeah, because they're like, why don't you just enroll? Like- yeah, I know. It's like, why don't you just do a bunch of subjects and just enroll on here? Like, yeah. Um, because like, what other interests outside of like acting do you have? Um, you're talking about hobbies, none. <laughs> um, because. My hobby was acting. And now it's... And now it's a career. Yeah. Kind of. Um, I don't know. I just, like... I do... I take pride in intelligence and, like, just knowing things. I'm a beast at trivia. Really? Sometimes. <laughs> it depends what the questions are. And, like, history questions? I know some history. I know a lot about World War Two because I did modern history in year 11 and 12, and three out of our four subjects were World War II. And they didn't have to be. They could have been four completely separate (laughs) events. But, um, yeah, I just I think it's, like, so funny. Like, some of the stuff they did, those those Germans invading Russia, stupid. They made some bad choices. I mean, it's... (laughs) They're invading the snow, and were halted because they didn't bring antifreeze and their tanks froze. Like the petrol just froze and they were like, uh, we're stuck. They wore black to invade in the snow. Like, it's just like these, I'm like, this is a sitcom. Give me more. (laughs) And that's the only reason why I remember any of the information because I think it's so funny. Man. Yeah. I do love World War II. It's it's Mm. a very interesting time. Um, not a great time to remember. No. No. I mean, you wouldn't want to go back. No. no. No, but also, like, there's a lot less hatred towards the Germans now. 
true. There were there was a lot of hatred towards him. How the turntables. I know, I know. Um, but I think one of my favorite like ones, the history lessons from World War Two, is like the Japanese subs mm-hmm. coming into you know Australian Sydney Harbour, and then we could have almost got like fucking invaded. Yeah. Good times. And then did not. No, no, because you know. People blew that shit up. And, yeah. And then, you know, like probably a bunch of bodies were like sinking in the ocean, but that's, you know, we're safe. But I mean, like, it's interesting that you think about that and like how much this country could have been completely swamped into another direction. Um, and that's only what, not even that long ago. That's like, what, uh, 80 years ago or something? That's a long time ago. It's, 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 <laughs> well, I mean, like the, the first world war was like over 100 years old. Yeah, but like my grandpa was like 10. No. <laughs> I mean, like, it's it's kind of for me as well, you know, because, you know, when people go to me, oh, this show, you know, when like early 2000 shows and stuff like that, and they go, oh, this show is 20 years old. And I'm like, is it? Is it really? Or anything like, mm. and and then suddenly, like, you look at history, because I'm, I'm currently in the midst of binge watching The X-Files, mm-hmm. which is a great 90s show if anyone hasn't seen it, but they have brick phones and like the amount of Cold War era stuff talk in it like post-cold war era is so prominent in it because the style of writing back then especially with america and europe was there was a lot of cold war threats during that era so a lot of their writing in the 90s and late 80s was all about the cold war like subtext and it's so interesting to think of through a modern 2022 lens Mm -hmm. how much i don't even think about anything that extreme (laughs) on a daily basis i don't worry about getting bombed I worry about, like, people's freedom rights and... Yeah, I think it's just evolution. I mean, mm. like, we're still... I th- I feel like in some ways, um, right now, we're mo- more vocal about this stuff than en- ever. Yeah. Like, just about everyday issues and, you know, things that, you know, people didn't think were issues 20 years ago. Mm-mm. Um, because they were worried about being bombed. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's weird how it kind of we're like, oh, we're so different to them, but it's exactly the same in the, yeah in a different font. I mean, like, is there any sort of views and opinions that you hold that you're very strong about and want people to be like, shut the hell up about? I don't know. I feel like the answer should be yes. <laughs> I'm like, I have no opinions. Um, I don't know. I get very existential a lot. Really? Yeah. You sound like that's a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, why am I existential right now? Yeah, I don't know. I, I like being able to have those conversations, though, I yeah. think. And just uh, m- mainly with like close friends, where it, it kind of you're either going to have similar opinions, mm. or you respect each other enough to hear out the other's opinion. Like, there's no fun having that conversation where you just got two very strongly opinionated people who aren't going to change their minds and are just arguing. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of, like, anything specific. Because I feel like like my sister is a lot more vocal than mm. me. Um, 
and she's like she's in year 12 now and goes to all of the like school strike uh, oh, wow. like, climate rallies and like all of that kind of stuff i've never been to a protest <sighs> yeah I, I don't judge you at all um yeah i don't know i think because the school strikes started when i was in year 12 i think like towards the end and I was way more concerned about my attendance. <laughs> <laughs> I had almost perfect attendance. Oh. I, no, no, no. I was genuinely just like I was more concerned about getting in trouble than going to the – because it wasn't – it was like a very new thing. And, yeah, you know, hardly anyone was striking. And I mm. just like – I don't know. I – but then I don't. I don't feel like it's because I didn't have a strong enough opinion about it. No. Um. I think it's like other things. Look, I wasn't. I wasn't too dissimilar to you. I was very impartial to a lot. Of, a lot of. I'm very strong now because it's been quite a few years. Mm. But I mean, like even then, I remember like my mum texted me and was like, "Why aren't you at the Women's Day March when I just finished work and I'd been up since four? I was like, "I'm tired." The mm. only reason I didn't go was I was like, "I'm tired. I'm gonna go home." I don't particularly want to stand around with sweaty people for like two hours. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, I, I feel like as activists or as like, you know, prominent like opinion speakers, like you can still express your, you know, your ideas and beliefs in other ways. Um, I mean, like, look, I feel like everyone's allowed to express their opinion unless it starts hurting other people. Like, mm. it, it, I feel like there's a line that people sort of like suddenly cross. Like, if you go, if you go, oh, um, it's like when people go, I'm, I'm not racist, but, um, yeah, I'm just like, you know, what, 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 what are you about to butt me with? Like, you know, what's yeah. your, what's your thoughts? No offense, but <laughs> you look really ugly today. But you can't be offended. <laughs> no. Like it's, what? Like it's it's a it, it, I hate people like that I really do and I think you know like the um the, especially I used to deal with um I, I, like I used to have to deal with Pauline Hanson for work and that was something I really hated doing like I had to be nice to her in a professional capacity luckily I don't have to deal with her anymore thank Christ but even now like um I just you know if I ever speak to politicians or you know like actors who have vastly different opinions um whether they're really you know racist homophobic i kind of just try and tell them in a way that doesn't make a fight occur just kind of be like okay that you're allowed to have your opinion but don't share it in this space like mm. and and please you know and then don't associate with the group anymore because that i think is the hardest thing is to be very diplomatic because some people just also want to chunk you know chuck knives into others when it comes to situations where you don't want a scene like how do you feel on that i work a lot in customer service mm. and i understand like it is a bit different because you're dealing with people who have different opinions to you while also trying to make them do something <laughs> like um so especially like i have dealt with a lot of anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers because I work in a building that requires people to wear a mask and be vaccinated to enter. Just a lot, just very strong opinions, a lot of kind of like 
I'm going to yell at you because you're the only person who's here and you're making mm. me try and do something. And I think that's why it's different. If I'm like talking to someone who doesn't want to wear a mask and the only reason I'm talking to them is because I'm trying to make them put on a mask, <laughs> it's going to be a very different kind of interaction mm. than if it's just like, oh, okay, well, that's okay. Um, you do what you want. Just maybe don't tell me about it. If that kind of makes sense, it was like yeah. a roundabout analogy. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean because I I feel like you've got to enforce, you know that. And I remember I've worked with I used to work with someone who was an anti vaxxer <laughs> and the company went bye bye. Um, yeah. and, and and it kind of like I I definitely think I'm very like I was very pro vaccine. I mean, like nowadays. If you haven't got your vaccine, that's on you. If you survived having COVID, good on you. At this point, I really don't care. Um, just don't come to me about, like, you know, your opinions on vaccinations. If it is a legal requirement for you to enter a building, that is entirely on the rights of the corporation and everything. Um, but it is interesting because, like, I've, I've you know, definitely disconnected with people over it because, they're, you know, I had one friend who I was very close with and then suddenly they were just like, I can't attend your Christmas thing. And I was like, okay, why? And they were like, oh, I haven't had the vaccine yet. And I was like, okay, cool. Are you going to get it? And they were like, no. And I was like, okay, that's fair enough. You're entitled to your opinion. But at this point in time, I can't associate with you because of my family and, you know, and, and, and stuff like that. So we can't see each other. And then they invited, they invited me and my partner to this picnic thing with a whole bunch of other anti-vaxxers. And I was like, neither of us are going to attend this because it's just going to fuel our anger towards people who don't, you know, think that we're getting microchipped and everything. Like, that's the bizarre thing and the bizarre side of it. Um, do you feel like, though, that the anti-vaxxer kind of, like, ship has sailed and no one gives a crap anymore? Yes <laughs> and no. I think, yeah, I had the same thing. Like, I know a few people who... Um, I know they didn't get vaccinated, like, whenever it was, like, t mostly towards the end of last year where it was kind of mm. um, a big thing. Yeah. To be honest, I've seen those people since, and I don't know if they have or haven't yeah. been vaccinated. Um, I think, it, yeah, it, it was hard because... Um, like my dad has like chronic lung issues and so for a long time it was kind of like oh well you can't you cannot get it yeah please don't get it um and it was being careful with that and yeah i think i agree that ship has kind of sailed but then it's also just like well it, that kind of means both parties shouldn't be as vocal about it anymore yeah 100% um, and I and I'm in the same boat because I mean like my dad um, has also been diagnosed with like uh, like a condition with the lungs and basically I remember when he told me and mum dad sat me down and they were like oh his life you know just with COVID at the moment we don't know what the doctors will say and he's fine now he can you know he's been traveling and he's absolutely fine but I mean like there was a period of time where I was like oh dear God if you get this like, or someone gives it to you, oh, fuck, like, what will the results mean? Yeah, it was kind of just like we don't know what mm. is going to happen. Um, But it kind of just turned out that 
my dad was the least concerned person about it. <laughs> like he's had these, like, I don't know. It's not a disease. I don't know what it is. But um, since I was like a child. Right. Um. So he's kind of like accustomed to it. It's been like years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Um. And then we were all kind of like, oh, no, you can't get it. And then I got COVID on Christmas Eve. Oh, fuck. Which the worst part about that was that I was a Christmas casual. Oh, fuck. And couldn't work Boxing Day. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like That's great. the worst. I know. I felt so bad. Um, I still have that job, though. So I'm impressed. It wasn't that bad, apparently. They didn't hate you enough to not keep going. Yeah, exactly. Got a permanent contract. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got COVID. I don't live with my parents. Um, and I was kind of just like freaking out on the phone. Mm. Um, and like I was on the phone to my mom and then she was like, I have to go. And I was like, okay. And I went home and because I'd done a rat test in the storeroom at work. Because it was Christmas Eve, I had to start really early. I tried to go to Priceline before. They weren't getting a shipment of rat test till 10 a.m. I was like, (sighs) right, going to double mask up and give everyone COVID for the next three hours. Mm. No one else got it from me. I'm impressed. Which is crazy. But yeah, so I ended up like going straight home. I like threw up before the rat test had done its 15 minutes. And I was like, I don't care what it says. I'm leaving. Mm. And yeah, like on the tram home and I was like crying and so stressed i was meant to go to melbourne for new year's and it was like a whole thing it was christmas um and then my dad called me and he was like all right like we've we've talked just like pack a suitcase and like come and stay at my parents house and i was like no like you can't get it no Mm. and then he was kind of like nah like i literally don't care like we we talked just like it's worse for us like we'd rather get COVID than picture you alone in your room on Christmas for the next 10 days oh um and then he proceeded to drink out of my cup to try and get COVID what did not get it um crazy I don't know what was happening there so yeah he was not concerned about it at all apparently <laughs> Good dad is a pro when it comes to there don't give shit. There some priorities <laughs> out of order there. <laughs> I mean, like, that's insane. I, I I do think it is interesting as well because, you know, like when I got COVID, Emily got it before me and we went to go and see her parents and then the next day I think she got it. Like she tested positive. Before then... She got it, like, she'd had it for a week gestating or doing whatever its thing is. And then, like, they didn't get it. No one got it. And then we were just, like, twiddling our thumbs at home for 10 days. Yeah, I tested positive, like, five days after I got it. Because I was able mm. to trace back to who I would have got it from. Mm. Um, Because it was, like, a cluster. It was, like, right after, like, the last day of uni. Oh, no. And so there was, like, a big party with all the third years. I did, was not there. There was like 30 of them. Yeah. Anyway, they all tested positive and I had worked with some of them like two days after. Um. So that's what you got them for. Yeah. And then proceeded to go to work for the next five days. I mean, it, it, I mean, like the kudos to no one getting in at work. Um, I don't know how that happened. I don't know how this virus works like at all. 
it seems to have a mind of its own. And I was so sick, like just for like 10 days. My housemate got it like two weeks after me and then said it was my fault. It does not. No, that doesn't add how up. how it works. Um, lost his taste and smell for one day <laughs> and that was it. Was just like thriving for the, the rest of the week. Holy shit, I'm envious. Yeah, I was me sick too. as a dog. I was like, so sick. I was uh, like everything under the sun to nausea to. I lost fatigue. my appetite for months. Yeah, how weird is that? I I I think I lost it for like a month. I was really like not that hungry, um, and then I had brain fog for like two weeks. Um, did you get the brain fog? I don't even remember. It was like <laughs> the middle right. of yes. summer. Oh no, that's the worst time so, to get it. Yeah, it was like, you know, Christmas, New Year. Who even knows what day it is mm. if you don't have COVID during that I time? Know, right? Um, I I got a side question though to ask. Are you more of a summer or a winter person? I prefer winter fashion. But you like the heat of summer? No, I like spring. <laughs> you're, oh, you're a spring person. Yeah, I think so. Like the in between. The sitting on the fence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love that. Um, I want to talk to a bit about going forward into the world of of social media. I want to talk a bit about that. Um, as a performer and as a person, mm. is that something you enjoy, or is it something you really dislike? I think it's a bit of a chore. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I find it hard. Um, I find promotion difficult. Mm. I, like it just makes me uncomfortable, and you know, just I've got in my the back of my mind like this is so egotistical, and like blah blah blah. Um, but I think I remember O week of drama school. We had a seminar that was like about marketing yourself as a brand online. And how, and so I just remember everyone walking out and being like, are you going to create a new Instagram account? Like, that's your business. And I don't even know if anyone did. (laughs) (laughs) And it was all like, you know, you have to decide what your name is going to be. Do you want to keep your name or do you want to have a stage name? I was like, oh my God, I don't know. Um, But I kind of like, my mom still to this day is like, are you going to, you should make a new Instagram account or whatever. And I don't want to mm. because I'm like, okay, the, I guess if I think about the celebrities and public figures that I follow online, I don't, the, what's interesting to me is not the like promo stuff. It's like them being an actual human. Mm. And, you know, I, I already used to, like, I've got nothing to hide on my Instagram. I'm used to, you know, being underage and knowing my mom will look at my Instagram. <laughs> so I'm very careful. <laughs> um, and it's also like, okay, I've had that account for a number of years yeah. Um, while I was acting and performing and making connections and networking. And it's like, well, I kind of like, in a way, I've kind of tried hard. Like I've, yeah. I've worked on it. I've got like a okay following of like I'm like okay, theater companies follow me some yeah some and I'm like why would I make a new account now? And then when it comes to like shows and stuff, I'll try and promote, you know, like oh buy tickets here blah blah yeah. blah. 
because I'm not going to go up to individual people and be like, so when are you going to see my show? Yeah. So I'm like, ill no if i just post it in the public they can make that they can make up their own mind yeah and i mean like uh, you know a lot of the shows have limited runs as well they like only for a week or two weeks or you know like sometimes even three days so really like i've missed friends like written performances or performances due to like work yeah and then like that limited short run so i mean like i like it when people post that stuff because then i'm like oh click see when the dates are rather than someone going when are you seeing my yeah. play yeah i find because if someone says it to me i'll be like oh i don't really want to now yeah it's like a threat um i mean also though i do like i do like your instagram page a fair bit i'm like i do because it <laughs> and hear me out it's not like a weird kind of <laughs> Probably the best way of phrasing that. But, I mean, I like it because you do look like a normal person. Like, you you do have this presence of uh, you are human. And I think a lot of people, particularly in our demographic, go and try and filter it to be, like, this glamorous, obscene or, like, always nice life. And I do like that we are just, you know, like... Either there's a photo of you in your car or there's a photo, like, you just got random stuff and it kind of makes you more human than most because mm. I hate that curation constantly. I just don't know how to do that. I've seen people who do it and I don't like it. I think it kind of, you, you, you don't, I don't, like, find that genuinely appealing, like, people being that fake mm. um, or that curated because you meet them and then you're like, you're nothing like that. Yeah. And I think that... I I mean, like, do you like presenting who you are um, from the get-go? I <laughs> I don't know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Existential crisis and, and self-reflection yeah. at the moment. I don't know. I think it's just it's a lot more effort to, you know, think about it. And I get stressed when I try and think about that kind of stuff, like, you know, impressions and you know, if you get too far into, you know, just seeking approval, then who are you? Yeah. Like, you're genuinely, you're going to have a crisis because you're <laughs> you're going to be so lost and you're just trying to be what other people want and it's going to be exhausting. Um, And that's not to say that I have fully, you know, kind of, know how to do that yeah but you know you can start to recognize when other people are seeking approval a lot and then you can start to recognize when you're seeking approval and Mm. for what reasons you might be seeking approval and if it's all the time and if it's healthy or if it's unhealthy and you know when it is becoming draining Mm. and i think it's like if social media feels stressful to you and yeah like it's super draining and you're always like worried about what people think take a break yeah because it's not real it's not going to be real you and it's not you're not going to like it and then it's like what's the point yeah i mean it's it's that that's very true and i feel like people you know what i remember once ages ago when i started this like um somebody asked how many followers i had on like you know 
podcast listeners and Instagram. And I was like, well, probably like 10, maybe 15, maybe 20. I don't know. Instead of like, I don't really look at it now because I don't consider it a big deal. I remember on Instagram when um, (laughs) if you had more than 11 likes, then it wouldn't say the amount of people anymore. Um, So you could like your own post. And it was like if you had less, if you had 10, it would like list all the people and you could see who it was. Like other people could see who it was. But if it was 11, then it was fine. And I'm like, I'm trying to think back to a time where I was stressed about getting like 11 Mm. likes. Mm. And then I think how much that's kind of changed and where the the values are different. And I'm not like, I'm not lying. Like I still check. I check how many likes my posts are getting and yeah. comments and, you know, how many views my stories get and how many followers I have. And I think that's only human. Like, it's hard to completely separate yourself from those things. Yeah. But it's also that doesn't mean that I'm stressed about it or you, comparing it. Yeah. It just means I'm, I know I'm aware of it. You're not, like, letting it fuel your anxieties. Yeah. Or- insecurities i mean like because i take it you're a bit of an anxious person on occasional self-reflection occasional <laughs> it's okay all the time <laughs> when yeah. you when it like do you do you find that like because because talking about like confiding and you know and having safe spaces and everything in, in terms of your own mental health how are you you know how do you moderate that when you sort of go into scenarios completely like with social media and and trying not to constantly wear your heart on your sleeve because I I know I'm one of those people I'm constantly and that and that isn't been a, a good thing and a bad thing it's like it goes in either or I am self aware of the fact that I do a lot to protect myself from getting hurt mm. all the time like. Pretty much every minute of every day, I've like got walls up. Um, and I think it, it's hard. It's like I don't, I don't really know how to deal with life. I think <laughs> there's, you know, you you get comfortable with people, and yeah. you get close to people where you feel like you don't have to worry about those things anymore when you're with them. But that doesn't mean that you don't worry about those things when you're with every person. No. Um, but you know, you, you've got some people that it just doesn't matter with, like, I think the most relatable to everyone is probably with your family and you just don't care. Like you'll wear whatever. It doesn't matter. Like if you're sick or if you're tired or whatever, like, yeah. I don't care how I look when I'm with my mom, yeah. for example, but I might care how I look when I'm with people who I don't know as well. Yeah. Um, or it's like, I will talk about certain topics with like my best friends from high school who I've been friends with for like eight or nine years Mm -hmm. that I wouldn't feel comfortable talking about with other people. Cause I'm like, well, I just don't know where we stand. I don't know if this is like TMI. I don't know if this is like uncomfortable for the other person. Um, and then it's good because then it's like, well, you've got that release with that person. You're like, oh, I've got an outlet that I can talk to about these things too. Um, but yeah, you, you can compare yourself to some people and not to others. And yeah, I don't know what a healthy balance is. I think it's just like the first step is being aware. Mm. 
um, and kind of recognizing when you feel certain things and when it's unhealthy and when it's just, you know, admiration and or pride. Like, and if you know, you can be proud of someone and jealous of them at the same time. Yeah. But it's like, where does that balance lie? Yeah. That's where it becomes healthy or unhealthy. Yeah, and I mean, like, you, you don't want to suffocate someone as well. As well. Yeah. Like, I, th- I think you sort of, like, my best friend of 11, 11 or 12 years, I've known her. But, yeah, like, I, I tell her everything. But then, like, that not that used to be the case, not the case when we first knew each other. So, it's like, you learn over time as well to kind of let people in and, you know, and let them trust you. But I have also been on the other end where I'm much more hyper-aware of people and their kind of motives Mm. because I think particularly with this industry and I feel like some people in in particular just in life um their motives aren't genuine and I really I kind of know when people aren't genuine because you I kind of take this little okay I'm going to stand back I'm going to observe how they are but being you know like because sometimes when people talk a lot or sometimes when they're reserved doesn't mean they're not genuine. I think that people assume that being genuine is just talking all the time and, and being an open book, but that's not true at all. Like mm-hmm. being genuine is, you know, being your true self regardless um, of how people see you. And I, I don't want to say like this, I don't hate it, but I definitely have a dislike and a, distrust towards people when especially in like both side of relationship friendships and everything of when people aren't genuine that I suddenly go I don't really want to know you because like where is that level of trust and trust should happen whether it's a friendship working relationship or um anything it should always be a level of um trust across the table I mean do you agree with that yeah I think it's interesting because like it's almost like the only way you can know about those things is if you see someone act differently in two different situations yeah. or two to to different people. Um, and then I find it hard because I know or I can think of a few people that I've heard certain things about that I've never seen that part of them. Um, and so it'll be like, oh, they say these kinds of things or they talk about these kinds of things. But then I'm like, it's hard because I kind of, I guess I believe you, but I've just never seen it. And I mean, just in general, like I find it hard to distance myself from people. Like I mm. can hardly think of, I can't, I can't think of one example where I've actively distanced myself from someone. There's only been like drifting apart yeah. from people or just like naturally losing contact. Contact. Mm. Um. So that's why I find it hard to kind of, you know, make like formulate those opinions when it's like, I understand where you're coming from and I don't think you're a liar. I just haven't seen that side of them. Yeah. Or they act differently to me, which I guess is a red flag. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think it's, yeah, I, I agree. Like, I think I probably have a pretty good awareness of when people are being genuine and um like if people have motives and i think a lot of that comes from acting and yeah you know having to be able to recognize those things and make those choices as a character um yeah like you you learn a lot about the human psyche (laughs) 
Yeah, and I think, um, you know, it's something that, I mean, like, I would um, have talked about on the podcast before as well, which has been situations where, you know, people have said stuff about me or, you know, in working environments or, you know, friendship environments where it's like, I didn't even realize and or, um, you know, were completely unwarranted and untrue or were misconstrued. Like, there were so many different ways. And I think that the last time that happened to me, it really made me rethink how um, situations do occur because I don't, I don't go into these situations and I, and I sort of confided in with a bunch of friends who had known me from different various points in my life and chatted to them about this story. And they all went and just sort of said, that's not you. This person, like this situation is just awful. Like, don't worry, this isn't you. And I think that made me, because when you have a situation which, you know, doesn't like sound great or, you know, makes you question your whole moral and, you know, compass and everything, I think that makes you go, oh shit what have I done wrong and have I affected other people? But when other people go, no, you're not like that at all, or I've not seen this side of you, or this sounds completely unwarranted, it does kind of make you reevaluate. But I think you should always learn from experiences as if, if someone tells you you've done a situation wrong and they, you know, like they might be like, I never want to work with you again. Take that on board. Don't write yourself up as the worst human ever because their experience might be different to someone else's, but do kind of think about it as how did that experience shape me? How am I going to learn from this experience? And how am I going to better myself in a situation if that occurs again? Yeah, I think it's interesting because it's also like how you feel about a situation. It's not how it's necessarily being read. Um, Like I've got a lot that... um, and this is, I'm talking about first impressions now, mm. um, that I've been called intimidating a lot. Mm. Um, and it used to confuse the fuck out of me. <laughs> I was so confused. And I think what it actually is, um, is that I'm shy. Yeah. And, you know, have social anxiety and, you know, I'm I'm not going to be the one in the center of the room trying to make friends with everyone. No. And not because I don't want to be friends with everyone, just because like I don't feel comfortable going up to random people and you know being like I'm I'm not extroverted like that and I've got friends who are and who you know every time you go out you come home with like five new friends. Yeah. And I'll latch onto those people because I don't know how to do it. <laughs> and I think that's what it is that like people are like, yeah, you're really intimidating when I first met you. Like I, I was scared to go up to you and I'm like, I was scared to go up to you, but not because you're intimidating because I was scared to go up to people. Yeah. Um, And it's like, it's weird kind of thinking about that dichotomy and like, you know, how there's always yeah, a way that it's being perceived in a way that it's being lived i mean like that uh, are different yeah and 100 percent. and i sort of noticed that when we did the giant photo shoot where it's like you know watching everyone interact differently and that was kind of like a social experiment in a way in the back mm-hmm. of my head because um oh man and that at that day i think i just felt incredibly stressed i was running around like a headless goose but i remember watching everyone at one point i managed to actually focus on what everyone was doing and I remember once everyone was in the room together who was really loud and who was very comfortable making friends and who wasn't. And I remember you in particular was just very much like, cool, there's a bunch of people here. 
And and the same with Stav. Like you and Stav kind of just stood off as being like, okay, cool, that's fine. I don't want to kind of befriend everyone. I'm happy just kind of staying in my corners and and being like, you know, enjoying the moments. But I think it was very much like you had Lachlan or you had Hannah and you had everyone else just, you know, going and chatting and making making like stories as they went. And I think that when you have this balance of boisterous personalities versus I think shy and or like, you know, social anxiety, it's easy because like I'm I'm like you when I'm in a big scenario, I just kind of go, okay, cool. I'm going to just slink away into the background. Yeah, I think it's weird though because I do, I latch onto those people and like I <laughs> love it um, when I don't have to, you know, start it. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't mind if I'm out, like if people come up to me, I don't mind it. But you're just like, yeah, you don't want to start. I'm not going to, yeah, I just can't. <laughs> I don't know what it is. And I think, I think it's also just like you know, thinking too much about what other people might think. Even though it's, like, so irrational. Like, yeah. it's so irrational. Um, or maybe I'm just really intimidating. I don't, <laughs> I'm just going to hang on to the fact that everyone thinks you're intimidating. I just think you're... I, I definitely, the first time I met you, I definitely thought you were shy. Um, but I didn't think you were intimidating at all. I thought you were just, like, reserved and shy. And a bit anxious, and that was about it. That was about it. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-mm. I mean, like, I definitely. Do you think that's more of an accurate statement? <laughs> well, I think in in social settings, like, I get it because it's the people that I get intimidating from are the people who are like my closest friends. Ah. Um. Who? Yeah. It would have been situations like you know first day of high school yeah um or first day of uni and it's just those situations where everyone's kind of new and everyone's trying to latch onto people but some people are better at it than others yeah and then it's just like you need to like like i remember um meeting the guy who's my housemate now and it was like yeah it was before we'd started uni it was like the week before and Mm. we'd had a group chat um, already because we had each other's email addresses and had created a Facebook group chat and some people were moving out and some people weren't. Ah, uh, okay. And then we were like, right, let's go for drinks. Like, mm. who wants to come? I think that's the best way to get to know people. We played, like, drinking games. So it was like we knew each other's deepest, darkest secrets before we knew people's last names, really. <laughs> um. And we became so close as a cohort. This is uni now, not year seven. Um, yeah, I was about to, to say that was terrifying. very year seven. Um, year seven drinking. Don't encourage. No, no this is uni. Um, but yeah, I think I would just you know was sitting on the couch next to someone, mm. and he's the type of person that that makes friends with everyone and can mm. start conversations easily. Um. And it's so weird because then it's like, well, okay, as soon as you've got like one person that you know and can mm. latch on to, that's it. You're set. Yeah. You can – now it's fine. Now you're comfortable. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it's so – I'm terrible at like being the only person that I know in a room. Yeah. Like really bad. I hate going anywhere by myself. Really? Yeah. So you always have to have someone. 
I drag people with me everywhere I go. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's interesting. Yeah. The amount of times I text my best friend in the like most random times and I'm like, I'm just driving near your house. Can you like come and get a chip? A chip. A singular like, chip. Do you want to just like drive to the petrol station with me or something? Because I'm like, please don't leave me alone. Wow. So you just like don't like you're that like level of anxiety kind of just makes it stresses you out. Of being alone? Yeah, I I don't know what it is. I'm like, this is so embarrassing for me. It's fair, I'm though. all alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair experience. You're like, oh, dear God. Yeah. Um, no, there's, I mean, like, that's a totally valid experience. But I mean, like, yeah, the stress would be like, mm, um, ah, yeah, that's bizarre. Mm. But it sounds like, it sounds like you're on top of it. <laughs> you have coping mechanisms. Like I said, I'm self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> what's your, you know, what's your main mission for the, I guess, for self-improvement in the next like few years? Have you got a self-improvement plan? Whoa! <laughs> so your deepest, <laughs> darkest self-improvement plan. Um, I don't know. I think it's I'd like my room to be cleaner. <laughs> um, no, I I genuinely like taking time to do those things like self-care and Mm. you know make sure i have clean clothes and you know once i do have clean clothes put them back in drawers i know right that's a Mm -hmm. challenge yeah i can't do it maybe procrastinate less would be fun (laughs) and that's why i keep myself so busy so i don't have time to think about like right other things (laughs) because what i do is like i'll have like an hour free and i'm like great i can do washing, but I don't. I sit on TikTok for an hour, which is not productive at all. Um, and then it all gets left behind. Oh my god! So yeah, I think yeah, not procrastinating <laughs> as much. Um, and just to be honest, next few years, letting loose. Yeah, getting lit. Getting um, like get, getting just lit. you know like getting rid of inhibitions because mm. and I think I I've been doing that a bit where it's just you know dedicate a night to go out and that is your only goal just to like go out you don't have to worry about how you're gonna get home or yeah where you end up or like how much money you're spending God yeah forbid. you can worry about that in the morning um. And it's just kind of like not stressing about things for once because I spent, like I, uh, most of high school, I was thinking about my career when everyone else was (laughs) developing as normal humans. (laughs) Um, And it was kind of like neglected. And now that I'm like not studying anymore, like I, this is my first year not in formal education yeah and it's kind of freeing in a way that it's like well i can i don't have to stress about much Mm. i just have to make sure that i get to work on time and that's about it and otherwise get lit and get drunk (laughs) yeah yeah and just live in that moment yeah because and especially now i live like in the city I used to live in the suburbs and 
if I went out, I'd be way more concerned about when the last bus was. Yeah. And, you know, going home to my parents' house and being, like, fine enough (laughs) (laughs) to function in that environment. Mm. Um, That, yeah, it just wasn't as fun. It wasn't free. It was kind of restrained. Mm. And now you're kind of, like, living out of home and there's a little bit of independence. Yeah. And, yeah, just, like... I'm not worried about that stuff anymore. I mean, you are your own person. I guess, yeah, the moment you move out of home, it's just kind of like, oh, that's right. I can do whatever the fuck I want, which is kind of nice. It's very Mm. nice because I remember like I went out drinking once and it was kind of like a semi-date. And I remember like I was, I had moved back home with my parents. So I was mid, like mid twenties at the point. I was like, I don't feel comfortable bringing people back to my parents' house. Mm. I'd rather always felt way more comfortable bringing them back to my own place or a shared, you know, you know, a shared house, but not, not my parents' house. It's kind of weird. Yeah. And it's kind of just like, oh, I can do what I want. Like Mm. last night, finished work at like 11. Um, Went to the beach. <laughs> I don't know why. Just to chill, get some fresh air. Just sit there. No one cares. <laughs> I went with my house. I wasn't alone on the beach. I can't be alone. I have to drag people with me places. Yeah, no, I was about to say. Um, <laughs> well, we literally just like sat on the beach and chilled for like half an hour or something. And then we were like, okay, time to sleep. Time to sleep. Time for bed. Um. Yeah, I was like, who cares? I've had pancakes on the rocks at least once a week for the past three months. Holy crap, how's your budget for that? No, it's not good. They don't don't split bills. No, they don't. It's very sad and annoying. It sucks. Um, So you end up paying like $50. Yeah. Um, But it's like, who's going to stop me? No one. Bored? Pancakes on the rocks. They're (laughs) the only place open till midnight. They used to be open 24-7. Yeah, they're understaffed. Ah, that explains why. I miss the days. That's a recent thing. I miss the days when you could go at 2 a.m. and just... Yeah, I've been at 4 a.m. many, many a time. I've been there very very many times drunk. Mm -hmm. Drunk off my face. Yeah. (laughs) Good times. (laughs) How I miss... I can't drink... I can't get drunk like I used to when I was young. There's something about hangovers now. So about lockdown, did like... For all my friends, after lockdown, they were like, I have no tolerance. I get hangovers so quickly yeah. now. I was the opposite. I used to always be really hungover. And then we had lockdown and I didn't drink because I was with my parents. Like, I never really got drunk. Um, and then I am both a lightweight and don't get hungover. So I get really drunk very quickly and cheaply <laughs> and feel great when I have to go to work at 8 a.m. the next day. I am both, like, annoyed by that, but also jealous because mm. I, I want that ability. Yeah. I was like, everyone who made fun of me before lockdown for getting hungover and being lightweight, joke's on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Now I need your superpower. Now I need mm. to just get really sloshed mm. on cheap because I'm an expensive drunk. Unfortunately, I just also like expensive drinks. Yeah, just like but um, what was it? Marble bar, anything with cocktails. I love cocktails. Yeah, 
I'm a big Achilles heel. <laughs> um, but I'm going to use this drinking story to wrap us up. Mm. Um, Frank, I'm going to ask though, where can people find you on the internet? Where can they stalk you on the socials? Oh, God. <laughs> you um, looked so concerned when I said yeah. that. Yeah. I was like, don't give them your address. Like, no, don't. God, I can't even remember my address. <laughs> That's not true. I have a very good memory. <laughs> um, probably Instagram. Instagram is my, my favorite social media. Yeah. Um, am I gonna have to say yeah, my? You are. Yeah. Okay. It is at Freya underscore Lily thirteen. Wow. Crazy. Is it because so you original? Is is Lily your middle name? Sure is. And thirteen, was that how old you were when you made it? No, I wasn't allowed Instagram. I was Oh, maybe I was thirteen. But that's why. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, no. I was definitely I was in like year nine or something. I was late. I was like fifteen. Oh, okay. Um I don't know why it's 13. That's yeah. just like has been everything. My email is 113 because 13 was taken. Wow. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's like the, you know, angsty teenage. It's a lucky number, but it's unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you, angsty teen. Yeah. Oh, my God. Super cool. So, <laughs> so cool. Mm. Um. But no, thank you for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yes, thank you for having me. I hope you've enjoyed you had fun. Yeah, I don't even remember what we spoke about, so it'll be fun. You well don't <laughs> worry, you get to listen to it all back. <laughs> and if you want to go and check out more episodes of the things we do, you can check them out on Apple and Spotify. I'll be speaking with another guest next week and I'll speak to you all later. Goodbye. Bye.